Hello, welcome to Blue Rose Podcast. I'm Karen Barno, your host. Today, I would really like to talk to you about mindset. I am fascinated by mindset, confidence. What separates the elite from the rest? What makes this person a multimillionaire coach? And what makes this person a struggling coach? What makes a Serena Williams be fantastic and everybody else be great because they are on the tour, but they're not fantastic. Or Tom Brady, who everybody picked, I don't even think he was in the first round draft. I think he went into like the sixth round. What made him so elite? And I, I study this topic constantly because there has to be something that separates them. It has to be. Is it their skill set? Is it the time they put into it? Are they constantly practicing? Is it the um, books they read? Is it the people they hang around with? Do they have mentors? Do they have coaches? And I found that they all do that. I mean, if you look at, at um, basketball, what makes LeBron, what separates LeBron James from everybody else? He, ha- he has a story of being raised by a single mom, but a lot of athletes have been raised by single moms. He has a story where he came out of high school and went right into the pros because he needed to make money. You know, so he didn't have the build and all of that, like, you know, because he didn't have the college that the rest of people had. Many people have that story. So what separated him? It's the same with Michael Jordan. What separated him? What separated Kobe Bryant? I've read, a, I've read and watched a lot of videos of Kobe Bryant interviews of how he would go to the gym because he figured if he got there at 4 a.m., that gave him one more practice a day than anybody else. But other people can replicate that. I mean, you do have to have talent to play basketball or at least the height or whatever is required. It's the same with football players. When you look at Tom Brady, okay, when he's, you know, at Rio de Janeiro and he's still playing football, you know, passing the football and practicing, but a lot of people do that. So what separates them? Mindset. It's their mindset. Mindset only accounts for three to five percent difference how they think versus how everybody else thinks it just accounts for three to five percent difference but what a profound three to five percent difference in fact conversely if you don't have a positive mindset if you don't understand the power of positivity if you're walking around today and you're trying to um lose weight and you're talking to a friend and you're like, yeah, I'm on you know, my 25th diet and I just cannot lose weight. Negative statements said out loud have the power of 40 times 70% stronger than positive. It's just how our minds work. Our minds seek the negative. And when you think about it, we have the caveman, cavewoman brain that when you came out of that cave, and probably sometimes when you were in the cave, but when you came out of the cave, there are dinosaurs and enemies and rocks that could fall on your head and coconuts thrown at you that could kill you. So you had to, before you left that cave, you had to think about what's the negative? What's the worst thing that could happen to me coming out of this cave? And our minds haven't changed. That's still how we think. Let me give you another example, the power of the mindset. And I won't have all the details 100% on this, but you can look it up. There's a gentleman years ago, back when the railroads, you know, were the source of everything back in the day, this gentleman went to a refrigerator car because he had to go in and get something out of it. And 
the refrigerator car was obviously gonna be, you know, we'll say 10 degrees below zero. I don't remember, like I said, I don't remember all the details. He goes into the refrigerator car in a choo-choo train and the door shuts behind him and he's locked in. He cannot get out. He's pounding and pounding and pounding and screaming. There, he's at a railroad yard. Nobody can hear him. He's by himself, screaming and screaming. He has pencil and paper, and he starts writing about his journey. You know, it's the temperature's dropping. It's getting colder and colder. Until the point he was like, my fingers are frozen. I cannot write anymore. Tell my family I love them. And he dies. A couple hours later, the men come. They can't find him. They open up the door to the railroad, you know, to the refrigerator cart, and he's dead. They go in and they look and they're like, yeah. I mean, they read his notes and they're like, yeah, it was broke. But the temperature was 54 degrees. His mind convinced him that it was freezing cold. And hence, he passed. Let me give you another example. This gentleman who wasn't doing well in school, don't know his name, wasn't doing well in school, just quit going. I mean, he'd go when he'd have to, but he pretty much quit going. And in his junior year, he had to sit for the SATs. Now, now it's much harder to sit for the SATs, but back then, if you were in school, you sat for the SATs. And for those of you that don't know, the SATs determine if you're college worthy. Um, and the highest score, I think, is 1580. I never took the SATs. I did go to college, but because I was in the military for some odd reason back then, I wasn't required to take the SATs. So, you know, people, that's a lot of people walk around. In fact, I was listening to a podcast where these guys are comparing their SAT scores. It's like, really? But, so he sits and he takes the SAT score, the SAT test in May. He's in his, you know, the summer, getting ready to go into his senior year. Takes the SAT test, gets a result in June. He had a 1480 on his SAT. The highest score is 1580. He had a 1480. That is genius level. That is next level. That is, he is so smart that it's amazing. And so he sits there and his mother's like, okay, son, I love you. I, I love you with all my heart and soul. But did you cheat? And he's like, no, mom, all the scantrons were different. Everybody had different tests to prevent cheating. He goes, I just had to do my best. And she's like, well, if you're a 1480 and you're barely passing classes, then what's going on here? And he's like, I don't know. So he sat with himself and he's like, you know what? If I'm a 1480 on my SATs, I need to start going to class. I need to start studying. So of course he goes to class, he starts studying, he graduates high school, goes to college, has a great job, everything's fantastic. About 10, 15 years later, he gets a letter from Princeton. The SAT scores comes from, the, from Princeton and they still to this day do annual reviews on the SAT test. He gets a letter in the mail 15 years later telling him, Dear so-and-so, we misgraded you and five other people received the wrong SAT scores. You really got a, a 740 or a 750, which is considerably lower and definitely not a 1480. And he just sat there and laughed. And his wife looks at him and she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I don't know because I think I'm a 1480. That's mindset. He went from thinking he was a dummy who wasn't very smart to graduating college and having this amazing job where he's making amazing money. That's mindset. I mean, when I, when I graduated from high school, I graduated in the bottom 5% of my class, 5%. When I walked across the dais, I had to look at my diploma to see if it was graded. 
I got accepted into West Virginia University. Still don't know how that happened. And my parents were like, no, we're not paying to send you to college. That's wasted money. So I sat there and they're like, you know, really, what you could do is get a job at the steel mill, steel mills, you know, Westinghouse steel mill in my hometown, or, you know, we could get you into the secretarial pool. There's nothing wrong with that, nothing at all. But I, I just knew that I had a calling. And I'm, and I'm like, but I think I'm smart. And they're like, obviously you're not because you barely made it out of school. You have a speech impediment, yada, yada, yada. So I joined the military. And in the military, people are like, man, you're really good at this. You need to go to school. You know, we'll pay for you to go to the U of A to take this class on EKG. We'll pay for you to go do this. And I thought, I'm really smart. It's mindset because I had people around me telling me, I don't know what your high school said, but you're smart. And I've gone on a lifelong journey of trying to prove everybody how smart I am. So I kind of swung the other way in the pendulum. So I need, need to go back to middle ground there. But my point is, if you don't have the life you want, if you're not making the money you want, if your business isn't where you want, if you don't have the respect you want, if you don't have the relationships you want, if you don't have whatever you're seeking, it's mindset. Just think, 3% more a day. So what if you did just for today, you decided to do 3% different, 3% better. So just for today, you decide, say you own your own business, you decide to send out an email. Just for today, you're a salesperson and you decide, I'm gonna make one more phone call. You're gonna do one more report. You're gonna do just one more thing, that's it. If you do just one more thing, you're at the gym, you're gonna do one more rep. If you're on the ellipticals, you're gonna do one more minute. If you're doing aerobics, you're gonna do one more minute. And you did just for today that one, you know, that 3% difference in your life. Think of where you'd be today, a year from now. Think where you'd be on um, August 12th, 2023, if you did just 3% more a day. Isn't it fascinating? It's mindset. You have to have the mindset that you believe you can be the best. Kobe Bryant believed he could be the best since he was born. Michael Jordan believed he was the best. Now, everybody has their own way of believing they're, they're the best. You know, Michael Jordan, I think he looked at everybody as the enemy and he had to kill everybody, not literally, but, you know, same with Kobe. Everybody has these, these ways to motivate themselves. I, I have a competitor I have to compete against. And it's, it's almost an imaginary competitor. It's like, I have got to kick their butt. And if that competitor went, goes away, if I switch jobs or it went away you know, over the years, I'd find a new person. I'd find something else. Or I'd compete against myself, saying, I can do better. I can have more. 3%, you guys. Mindset. Think of where you can be a year from now if you just do one more thing a day. Just try it. Find your blue rose and just one more thing to step towards that blue rose. That one more, you know, watering the blue rose, that one more nurturing your blue rose, that just that one more, just for today. And let me know if it works, let me know. Well, it's not if it works, I absolutely know it's gonna work. So, you know, jump on here if you're watching this, you know, do it for a week and then put comments. If you're on Facebook, put it on there. If you're on YouTube, if you're on my podcast, let me know. Give me your comments, please. And if you're on my podcast, if you like what you hear, please give me a review. You know, same with you two anywhere else. Just three to five percent difference between the super superstars and the rest.
You can do that. I know you can. So here's to you finding your blue rose. Have a great day, y'all.